0: Welcome to Welcome Gun Show. I am joined by Derek.
1: You want to come to a super soft birthday party?
0: Um, And Garrett.
2: <laughs> hey, everybody. I don't know where the fuck to go with that. <laughs> I-
0: <laughs> Interesting. <clears throat> you broke me. I think you broke Gaz too, because this video went like, Honours yeah. after that.
1: <laughs> that. I think that may have been like the longest you two were both
0: quiet at the same time ever. That was a long pause. That was a really long pause. Pay <laughs> <laughs> walks into a bar.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Horse walks into a bar. Why the long face? I've been watching a lot of letter Kenny lately. Okay. No, horse into white horse talks into bar, bomb, and says, "You know, I've got a horse named, uh, I've got a drink named after you. Horse goes what a drink named Kevin."
0: <laughs> <laughs> a joke's been around since my childhood. <laughs> it's a classic. My uncle loved it. A, a joke does not
1: have those sort of legs unless it's classic.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. I, I agree. I agree. I, I strongly approve of that joke. Hmm. So. Uh, we're going to start tonight off with a uh, an announcement, and then we're going to roll into some drill of the month things, and then we'll get to the actual topic that we're uh, we're going to discuss. Um, so, we were contacted today by the uh, guys at Flatback Alpha, who have asked to get in on this drill of the month thing uh, by sponsoring a stand and a swinger to the uh, to the winner of the uh, drill of the month draw, which is happening in. Yes, end of September is when this is happening. Yeah. So, uh, like to say, really thanks to the uh, guys at Flatpack Alpha for for coming in on this. That is an awesome prize, and uh, I'm sure whoever walks away with it is going to enjoy shooting one thousand bullets at it, Uh, and hitting it with zero mic. I mean, you better be good at shooting swingers, so (laughs) because otherwise,
1: it's it's really cool of them to to make that available. So remember. Um, the winner is not going to be the person who shoots the best score on Drill of the Month. It's going to be um, you. You just have to compete in in the first six. Uh, you, you have to have. Doesn't matter if you have the longest time and the worst score. If you've if you've uploaded a score on every one, um, you go into the draw and then, then it'll be a random win. So, if you listen to this when it launches, you'll have today to still enter. If you listen to this the day after it launches. Sorry for you.
0: You have missed the boat.
1: But we can be bribed.
0: <laughs> and for my bribe, I will take a thousand bullets. Hey, stand in the <laughs> No <swinger. laughs> <laughs> jokes aside, uh, Gaz T and I are not uh, are not part of the draw. Um so even if we end up like participating in all six, uh, we still won't put our names in the hat. Uh well, I might be someone not put else corn's to put my name, name in the hat. <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we we may go into pseudonyms though. Yes.
0: This there this dude go. Ricky no one who no one has ever heard of just took the entire thing. Surprise entry <laughs> wild card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we won't do that.
1: But, you know, big thanks to the guys at pack alpha and obviously Zero Mike bullets. Um, that's really really cool of you guys obviously if uh, you don't live in the um, the borders of the Republic of South Africa we'll send you one of Gaz's old match underpants or something that just you can frame and put on your wall
0: does yeah. he do you sign them after every match so we know which match it's from? I take them off signed
1: ah <laughs> other people <laughs> sign them well, they, all have, they all have a unique mark yeah <laughs> yeah
2: so yeah, Bull, if you win that you may, may have had, had to, to look zero to. well there goes all of our international submissions
0: yeah I don't yeah. think Bill going to be submitting another one
2: what? why did we have no entries
1: for the major <laughs> of the month I, I don't know it doesn't make any
2: sense
0: <laughs> uh, so d you want to talk about uh, this month This month being April, uh, this month will be gone by the time you guys listen to this. You want to talk about some of the submissions we've seen?
1: Yeah, I just, you know, and we probably mentioned this last week, but we're actually, we're really grateful for the, um, you know, the, the, the participation that we've had. And and I really hope that, that even if you didn't get a chance to enter the April and you you, you may not be eligible for the lucky draw unless we can wangle someone else into sponsoring something else. Um that, that guys keep entering. It's it's really good to see it takes big balls to put it up there if you fucked it up. Um so you know, honestly, I think it's you know, if, if you ran a spectacular time and and five X's. Um, it's pretty easy to put it up there if if something went wrong and 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 you ran eight seconds and three eighths and a seven um that's a lot harder to share with the world so I'm really grateful that guys are are getting in in the spirit of this um I'm really grateful to see the guys doing the multiple entries as well just to kind of see how they can track it um and it's also i think I think it's been a a big learning curve for the guys who've done the drill. I think I think a lot of guys went into this thinking, by the description, that it was going to be a piece of piss. Um, how hard can it be? You know, it's five meters. I can spit that far. Uh, you know, I'll rip out the gun and and, and fire five rounds in one point two seconds, and you know, shoot four x's and a, and a ten. Um, so I, I think for a lot of guys, they they got a little bit of a wake up call, and and I think a lot of the. Experienced shooters also got a little bit of a wake-up call when they suddenly discovered that they may have a really, really solid skill set, but that carry gun that they don't ever shoot requires slightly different mechanics. Or or, um, in John's video today, where you suddenly discover that the holster uh, that you were using is completely unsatisfactory. Uh, And... You know, rather learn that while while doing a drill, um, than not, and and that's why I say it's it's really nice to see how guys have have jumped in on this, and I really hope we we have that continue. Um, I think uh, it'll be really nice to see guys getting the the new ones and that. So, uh, you know, we, we're we're going to try and find you drills that keep in this theme, um, relatively low round count, r- relatively simple. Uh, but but a good test of of skills with with your defensive your defensive
0: pistol. So a uh, couple of things on that. Um, Jeans was not the first holster failure that we've seen. Uh, his is just the first that's on video. Hmm. Uh, Max had some spectacular problems with uh, with his holster during his very first attempt at the draw. Um, I snagged the shirt on my first attempt, and I've moved where I carry my Enigma as a result. Gaz, did you not also snag a, a shirt?
2: I did have a bit of a shirt snag, yeah. Oh. That was my fault, though.
0: So, yeah, well, it it doesn't necessarily have to be equipment failure. To A lot of people have seen issues that may be once-off or may not be once-off that they probably weren't aware of before, which is really sure. good. Um, yes. Seeing that failure on, on video was uh, was spectacular and quite funny uh if you guys want to keep on doing video those are those are very cool uh you don't have to do video say photo of the time or photo of the target mm. um, is what you need and i don't think we've seen anyone do this but please make sure that you use clean targets so if you've shot at one mm. stick up a, a clean v8 um before you shoot i, th- I think everyone has um yeah i I, th- I think so too um just that makes it a lot easier to see what you're doing and makes it a lot well, makes it impossible for patches to fall off and uh, and get unfortunate scoring.
1: So. Or, or, or to run it five times and patch over the, the worst ones and leave the 5Xs. Because um, I know how you gamers secret. think, because I know how I think. <laughs>
0: Don't give away the secrets. <laughs> what I've got is I've got a pencil that's exactly 355 in diameter. <laughs> <laughs> I dunk it in some grease and then I stick it through the. <laughs> so you have the grease rings?
1: <laughs> I'm glad I to see that you've brained this.
0: That's how I chopped my first one clean. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right, so that's what you mean by putting up a clean B8. Yes. <laughs> yes. No pencil marks either. Why carry <laughs> the eraser? He's <laughs> <laughs> got an answer for everything, this guy. <laughs>
0: this time um just a couple of more things on the april drill of the month um huge thank you to uh shooting stuff uh specifically jonathan for uh continuing to put up new drills uh, or, or new attempts at the drill uh he's been i think he's done the most attempts so far there's been a, a, quite a few people who have done repeat attempts but i, I think jonathan's done done the most
1: um, yeah i think he's done at least one a week
0: yeah he's he's done a lot um so that's excellent stuff um yeah i think i think some of the staff has, have put up stuff too but uh i'd need to check hmm. I, john I from
1: has put up a couple
0: yeah mm-hmm. uh, he did forget his concealment one though well yeah <laughs> <laughs> we still love you sean we pay attention as you can see <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: And so we've decided that the May Drill of the Month, we're going, to change, we're going to change direction a little bit. Still a pretty low round count. It's a it's a five-round drill. Um, you're going to need a, a few draws and a little bit more of distance. So what we've decided for the, the, the May Drill of the Month, and this will obviously go up on the Facebook page and the Facebook group, is that we're going to do Ken Hackathon's Wizard Drill. Uh, i think it's a it's a really nice uh a nice drill for for the spirit of what we're doing so with the wizard drill you'll use a an idpa target and, and a current style idpa target so the one with the the 18 circle in the chest and then the four inch circle in the head um and your hits need head need to be in the in the circle in the head not just in the head but in the circle and obviously the body shots need to be in the 18 circle in the in the body so we're going we're going a uh, a a sort of rougher target area um ken gives you a maximum of two so if you if you want to pass the drill um you have to do each each string in under two and a half seconds um obviously for for your own sort of uh development it's it's nice to kind of keep track of your times and and not shoot a 2.49 and go you know well we have made it in life um so wizard drill Carry gun, carry holster. Ken normally recommends carry ammo, but realistically in this country, um, it's expensive. It's, it can be hard to replace. Uh, and as we were discussing before we started recording, um, with all that sort of stuff, winter is coming. So, uh, you know, if you've got carry ammo that needs to be shot out, awesome. But I don't really want, want guys um, shooting off carry ammo unnecessarily. Um, if they can avoid it, so we'll 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 give you a buy on that. Um, but carry gun, carry holster, carry concealment, um, and uh, the first string is done at three meters, uh, and that's drawn fire, one shot, strong hand only to the head um, in two and a half seconds or less. Uh, five meters is the second string, also drawn fire. Uh, one shot to the head. You can do that strong side, strong hand only, or freestyle. That's up to you. Uh, next string is seven meters. Um, one shot only to the head, and obviously once again the four-inch circle in the head. Um, and then the the last one is ten meters. You're gonna draw and fire two shots. Uh, everything has to be in the circles and under two and a half seconds uh, to be a pass. Um, Obviously, any faster than that is is always good. Uh, if you carry in a pocket holster, uh, you can start with your hand in your pocket on the gun. Um, if you carry on the belt, uh, then any of the normal sort of start positions. Um, but I think that's going to be quite a nice drill because it's it's quite draw heavy, um, which I think is important on a self defense drill. Uh, where once again, we're building pretty good sort of hardwired skills, uh, and. Uh, as with last month's drill of the month, you may find it's a little bit more challenging than it sounds in um, in theory. Uh, and obviously, if you if you're crushing the two and a half second part time, then maybe you should consider a two second part time for yourself. If you're crushing that, maybe you should consider a one and a half second part time. Whatever, um, but you know. So when when we put put this up, it's a fresh IDPA target, no patches. Um, we need a, t- a photo of the target with five holes in it or less. Um, assuming you missed. Um, if there's more holes in it, it doesn't count. Um, and you can either show us five pictures of the, or, or four pictures of the timer, or you can just give us your times. Um, as with the last one, if if you're doing it from duty gear or something like that, um, make a note that it was slightly different. Um, needs to be done cold, uh, you know, ideally. Um, and it, at the very least, it needs to be your first run of the drill of the day to count, um, you know, so don't, don't run it 20 times and then go, Oh, look at me. I, I crushed this one. Um, and yeah, we'd appreciate your guys' feedback on the drill. I, as I say, I, I think it's quite a useful drill. I think it's, uh, um, the, the, the timings are, are pretty achievable. Um, the accuracy standards are not, are not super challenging. Um, you know, the, the, the most difficult shot is probably the seven meter headshot. Um, but a realistic sort of accuracy standard, um, quite loose on the body shots, uh pretty loose time. But Ken's whole background to that drill was pretty much a case of if you can clean that, you're a pretty solid pistol shooter. Um, you know, you're not you're not a you're not a class subject shooter or USB GM, but you're a you're a pretty solid pistol shooter so if you can't clean it um then it's also a good time to once again like we did with last month's drill of the month break it down and and see where where you need to work um and also where your gear is letting you down so obviously skill more important than gear cool guy cool guy cool guy um but if you're drawing your gun four times in that drill and each time you're then having to rip the holster off of it uh then there's a weakness with your gear um if if you can't Get to the gun. There's a weakness with your gear, so use this as not just as a as a skill testing exercise, which is his primary sort of goal, but also use it as an as an example as an example of or, or a, an opportunity to test uh, your your carry gear. Um, you know, not and why I like this, yeah, it's cool to go shoot a match in your carry gear and all of that, but then we often give ourselves excuses. But with like a, a drill like this. That's four pretty fast draws in a row. Um, that's going to quite quickly show you if there's if there's weaknesses in your uh, in your drills. So this will go up it's time travel, time travel. This will go up last week, Friday by the time you listen to this, if you listen to this, when it drops. Um, I shot a, a, a quick exemplar one today. Uh, I'll, I'll put up the picks and, and we'll put up a description of that uh and uh jump in on it guys uh, and we're not going to extend this one like we did with the april one because you're getting uh you're getting plenty warning it'll be up on on the facebook group by by friday the 30th
0: awesome so we will put up the uh the detailed description of what the wizard rule is um couple of things to note distances are important follow the distance guidelines if you shoot it at half the distance um, you're not getting sort of representative skill level uh, and, and the ability to compare yourself to other people. If you're shooting at a greater distance, you're doing yourself a massive disservice because you're not going to be able to make the part times. Um, even really, really sort of good shooters are going to struggle if you push that furthest two shots up to 15 meters or 18 meters or whatever, trying to do two body shots in, uh, into and a half seconds from concealment. So important to, to uh, get the distances basically right. Um, obviously more important on shorter distances because the difference between two meters and three meters is massive. The difference between 10 meters and sort of nine and a half meters, nine meters, not that big. Um, Try and get it right. But I understand most people are just basing it out. Um, The other thing is these are, and we should have called this the, the, the the carry gun drill of the month um, because this is highly focused on, on carry skill and will continue to be. Um, Accuracy is, the number one thing that you need to meet um, realistically so if you're if you're shooting uh, really poor hits in really good time that's not as good as shooting really good hits in a little bit poorer time um, so just just bear that in mind where the where the rounds go is really important for the drill of the month
1: um, yeah anything worse than a fast miss is a slow miss.
0: yes uh, <laughs> so
1: yeah you know I I think it's gonna, you know, one one of the things I notice for myself, which is really weird, is quite often my five meter um, time on this is quicker than my my three meter time. Um, I probably because it's freestyle, but uh, so that's something I often notice for myself. What's nice with this drill as well is those of you who don't have timers, and if you don't have a timer, try and try and get a timer. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be as 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 cool as an AMG Commander is, and um, you know, if you, if you can afford one of those, you can get one of those. Fantastic, but uh, don't not buy a timer because you need to have the the, the trickiest timer in the world. Um, you know, if, if one of the little speed timers or whatever is is going to be, t- then then didn't have a timer. Um, but what's nice with this drill is you can do this with one of those um, phone shot timers with a part time um you won't have your exact time uh, but you can go i was under two and a half seconds i was over two and a half seconds and if you feel that you were comfortably under two and a half seconds every time then you know next time you run it maybe try it at two seconds or maybe do another run at, at two seconds and then you know, do one of those asterix runs where you go this was my second or third run of the day um and this is what i saw you know that that info is interesting you know we we just we don't want to you know we we don't want to count that as as a as an on-demand skill set but that you know put that in the comments of your so do your first one put the picks up and in the comments go fuck it, i tried another five times and what i saw is as we've seen with this month's drill of the month sometimes guys got worse uh, uh did it a, th- a second third fourth time and every time they got either slower or less accurate uh that's useful info for you and it, and it shows a uh, a level of inconsistency that that you need to be aware of. Um, you know, it's I generally if I run the the drill, um, and I've I've run the drill of the month a couple of times this month, um, pretty much every time I've run it, I've run it more than once. I'll run it once, you know, take a photo of the time in the target, and then I'll generally try and run it a couple more times on the same target just to kind of see what's happening, you know, is the accuracy remaining constant is is the time remaining um, similar? You know, am I am I getting faster? Am I getting slower? Uh, you know, I would expect it a little bit faster on later runs. So um, don't be scared. You know, there was a draw, also. it's five rounds. So if you do it five times, it's twenty five rounds. It's not it's not a catastrophic amount of of ammunition. Um, and at the very least, you're getting good sort of hard wide skills burnt in as well with your carry gear.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Gaz, any thoughts? No. All good. All covered. You're good. Yes. Sweet. Um, so shall we move on to the uh, to the main topic then, T? You're
1: going to yes. do this one more than once, Gaz. Sorry? I said, are you going to do this one more than once this month?
0: Uh, maybe. Depends on whether he remembers the, uh, the correct ammo or not.
2: <laughs> yeah. like third time lucky I forgot the targets the first time the second time I forgot the ammo and the third time I got to do it
0: so yay
2: well next time you come to my
1: office I've got the targets and a timer so all you'll need is some.
0: okay cool awesome I'll remember it I'm going to try and get out to the range we're permitting tomorrow um I've got some stuff I need to go test and uh Hopefully I'll get a second crack at this second cold run I mean I've done the drill three times but uh, there were three on the same day so and three in a row so um, we'll get another cold crack at it hopefully tomorrow uh time permitting um, and then I'm gonna try and get uh, some more runs in on, on next month's one because the wizard drill is always interesting to to do um those uh those headshots be challenging. Is a there's a great tendency to shoot over the
1: top. Uh, it's a it's a pretty small target, uh, and and a lot of guys. Uh, what we see on that drill a lot is a lot of one and a half second misses, um, or, or three and a half second hits. Um, so we see a lot of guys go, "I want to be faster, I got to be faster," and the gun gets punched out, and there's there's absolutely no index on the target, and we wang around off and we miss, um, or we see this sort of bullseye style. I'm gonna settle in the sights now. I mean it is three meters away. Let me let me get that perfect height, perfect light, compress the trigger, compress the trigger, compress the trigger, bang seven second, three meter headshot. Um, which is all good info for you. So uh if it if it if you have a seven meter, three meter seven second three meter headshot and you post that, you've got bigger balls than the dude who's got a two second one who's not willing to post it. Or or yeah. ovaries or whatever. Genitals. You would prefer
0: we describe. You. <laughs> um, if you have multiple firearms that you that you rotate through um, for carry purposes, I don't really recommend doing that a hell of a lot. But if you do rotate carry guns occasionally, uh, it's not a bad idea to try and get uh, runs in with each of your carry setups. Um, I suppose that doesn't even have to be just you change guns around. If you have, you know two or three different holsters that you that you like to use. For, for carry purposes. Uh, try and run those two. Uh, so you can compare where you are. With, I think also,
1: yeah. yeah so, sorry, dude, I, I thought you were...
0: Oh, no, no, go ahead. I'm done.
1: Um, also, if you've got... If you've got multiple carry so for for example, um, during the week at work, you, your carry gun is a, you know, I almost said a... A dirty word. A Smith and Wesson shield that that you carry, you know, tucked in under your shirt, whatever. Um, and then on the weekends you strap on your P09 um so that your friends can see it at Bries. Uh try and do the majority of the runs with the setup you carry the majority of the time. Um, you know, there's no point. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna run this now, you know, with the, the MP five engine, the X three hundred. And and the RMR and all of that cool guy shit, which I carry on the 17th of every month. Um, you know, try try and do it with it's doable with the 38 snub that you may find yourself carrying or the the PPK or whatever. Um so give it a try with with what you really carry, not what you tell people on the internet you carry. And you can just lie to everyone and say this is your, you know. Soft
0: setup. <laughs> uh, no need to lie about it. Own it. That's what you carry. That's what you carry. One of those things. Yeah. No one cares. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The uh, Your friends might care. Um, and hopefully they're the, the kind of friends who care because they want what you carry to be a workable solution for you. Um, and no one else is going to give a shit. And uh, okay. in some instances, your friends might not even give a shit. As long as what you've chosen is not, uh, you know, absolutely silly. And
1: then just remember, if your friends don't dance, then they're no friends of mine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Important information. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, T.D., you want to lead us into the, uh, the main topic for tonight? And um, we'll see where that goes.
1: Yeah, so actually came up in conversation the other day with, with the king of the ROs. Hi Jan. Um who was just he, he he thought it'd be an interesting chat to to discuss. And I think we've we've kind of hit on this before, but um if you've listened to multiple episodes of this, then the brand damage is probably bad enough that you don't remember. Um what we look for in a match or or what we think of is is a good match or a good stage um and with a particular with i think his particular bent was was what you what you you know what makes a good match um what sort of match do you look forward to going to what sort of match do you leave and go shit that was an awesome match uh and i suppose by um you know by by the same token what sort of matches do you go i'm not going to bother to get up early on a saturday morning and drive through to this or do you leave and go, well, that was a fuck show?
0: So uh a couple of questions related to that. Um does he mean matches in general? So we're we talking everything from level one and up, or uh is he specifically looking at like leagues and nationals? I
1: I can't talk for him. Um so I'll talk for me. Um I don't think it should matter. Uh, we shoot more le- like <sighs> part of my thinking, and and it's one of those things, I shot IDPA for a long time, I still shoot it. Um, And as much as I like to make fun of it, I still shoot it. Um, And one of those things that used to drive me up the fucking wall was when people put stuff together that that broke the rules or wasn't within the rules and they went, it's fine, it's just a club shoot. Um, We shoot more level ones than we shoot anything else uh you know and, and and there are more people shooting level ones um, you know there's a, there's a fair amount of shooters who only ever shoot level ones who never shoot level two um there's there's a lot of shooters who, who will shoot level ones and twos who never shoot level three and and if and we go. so f- to my mind I, I kind of want the same thing if if, if a club, as a rule, puts together a crappy club match. I'm not going to bother to go through. If a club, as a rule, puts together a really good club match and another club puts together a crappy level two, I'd rather go shoot the good club match. I, I don't really personally. I I don't care what level the match is. I care what quality the match is, and that's not necessarily having the prettiest props in that. Um, that's that's all about the, the the sort of the stages you've put together. So I, let's answer it
0: context. like that. Yes, no, I'll, yeah. I'll clarify, sorry, guys, on, on why I asked that. Um, it's not because I think that it should matter what level the matches. It's just if you're talking level twos, there are rules around the number of stages that you're going to be shooting. Um, and for level ones, those don't really exist. So I'm asking, because I don't want to go somewhere and shoot a, a two or a three or a four stage match. Um, you know, if if I'm going to go, I want to have probably six to eight stages, um, depending on where it is, because that's not always workable. But um, I I want it to feel like a match. Um, if I'm spending more time building than I'm shooting, it sort of. You know,
1: I, I get that, and 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 you know, it is nice to have a reasonable amount of stages. Uh, i think it also depends on the context of the match if, if if I knew on my way home from work I could stop at whatever range and and shoot a quick two-stage match and it was going to be two really cool stages um that'd be cool i I probably wouldn't get up at freaking six o'clock in the morning and drive 100ks for that uh so i, I think it's contextual and, and I think that the, the important thing is more you 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 could put together a two stage match that was better than someone else's 12 stage match you know
0: oh absolutely
1: someone put together a 12 stage match that was just shit um, and someone could put to, uh, together a two stage match where you walk out of that and go those were two really awesome stages i wish there was more um, and we've all shot those eight stage matches where there's two stages in your gang if i point my gun at corn and corn points his gun at me we can both go home we
2: can go to the pub can go have lunch, yeah. Not
1: that we would um, ever do
2: that. (laughs) (laughs) What? Go for lunch? Mm. At Mm. the pub. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, this past weekend, funnily enough that we're talking about it, I shot a four-stage club match, um, which was run by Spartan Arms at at Guns at Work this last weekend. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember in the last six years shooting a match that had less than seven stages in it with a handgun, handgun matches. Um, And that four-stage club shoot was awesome. That was really a good match, Um, which was really nice because it also didn't take up the whole day, which was also different. It was unusual to be finished shooting a match at lunchtime. But but as, as interest, that was a really, really good match. And there were other options that I could have traveled to, but I went to that match instead. And that, that was really good. So I think the number of stages often gets overrated and so does the level of the mm.
0: match. Yeah. So I, again, to clarify, um, if you're building the stages on the day and you are sharing ranges for multiple stages and that kind of stuff, where you're spending more time building than you're spending competing, not shooting, competing. Um, sure. That's generally not fun for me, yeah,
2: uh, no, for
0: me. I agree. So, it's, so it's it's not so much the uh I, I want to shoot 10 stages or whatever it's uh i don't want to spend most of the day doing non-compete stuff
2: yeah no sure that may i mean when you go to shoot a hmm. match at the end of the day you're going to compete it's less about doing stuff that's not relative not directly relevant to competing
0: mm-hmm. yeah and it's not it's not judgment on the on the clubs who can't do that um, i understand that some places have limited space and uh, you can't build the stages the day before because they'll steal everything or you can't pay the two days worth of rental on the ranges because you have to build the day before. Um, understand the logistics. Um, this is just me.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, if I wanted to not have fun on a shooting range, I'd become an aura.
2: <laughs> 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 uh.
0: Oh, we're going to get DQ'd so much in the future.
2: <laughs> it's not to say that we don't appreciate the our
1: ROs. No, I'm not disparaging ROs. Um, <laughs> the- they're happy to drive through and not to have fun on the shooting range. I mean, it's awesome. I think they're on crack, um, but I appreciate them being on that that particular brand of crack.
0: <laughs> As do I. <laughs> uh- <laughs> so let's get into some more specifics. Yeah. Um, I don't even know where to start with this. Thank you, Johan. <laughs> yeah, he's making us brain. He's think, making us brain, yeah.
1: I, I think two of the biggest misconceptions. Um, maybe that, that's a good place to start. Uh and and I think there's a degree of experience related to this. Um, and, and maybe that changes over time as well. But I think two of the biggest misconceptions is that um the, the round count of a stage Determines the value of the stage. Um, obviously, from a points point of view, it does. But but sort of the value of the stage from a from a, a experience a, an enjoyment. Experience. Yeah. Uh, you know, when when I started shooting, all I wanted to do was shoot 32 round stages. Um, you know, short courses were something you got you 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 had to do. So you kind of got them out the way. It was it was eating your your, your broccoli. Um, as I've gotten older, I've just developed a taste for broccoli, so maybe that's part of it. Um, but short courses were, were were eating your vegetables so that you you could go to the pudding of a 32 round stage. Um, so I think that that's that's one perception where I think a good a good sort of 12 to 16 round stage is often a much nicer stage than a 32 round stage. Um, yeah, and. Uh, I think the other thing is, and, and this is not aimed at anyone particu- in particular, but you know who you are, um, this perception that, that a good stage is a ridiculously high hit factor. Um, very rarely is a 10 or 12 hit factor stage a good stage. It um, might be a fun stage, uh, but it, it's often a – and, and once again, this is, and I'm sure this word will come up and I think it came up last time we discussed this, it's about balance. Um, you know, a really high hit factor stage can be a lot of fun. I remember um, there was a, at a Stilfontein Nationals a few years ago, um, I think we were in the same stage, I guess it was when I was still shooting men's division. They yes. built a 32-round stage on one of the small bays that, 14 seconds was an okay time on. Um, it was a smoking stage, um, and that was fun because it was one crazy stage where, where we saw a lot of very experienced shooters make some really stupid mistakes um, because there was there was no opportunity to unfuck anything. Um, you know, if if you if you played a safe game, if you didn't take chances you were going to be really hard off the pace. Um, and by the same token, if you uh, if you took chances, you might hook up and, and it might go spectacularly or you may end up with three mics, which is what happened to one of the, the the top shooters in our squad. So something like that on its own can be a really nice addition to a match. A whole match of muzzle distance blasting you know, every stage is seven or eight or nine or ten hit factor. It's it just turns into a wank after a bit, really. Um, yeah,
2: after the second stage, you've had enough.
1: Yeah, I you know, and and by the same token, a, a, a pistol match that that's a sniper match um, is is also cuck. Uh If you can have a you know, if if you have, generally. You know if, if your stages are running four, five, six hit factor, um, that's generally a, a those sort of stages are, are normally more balanced. Not and once again, they're not they're not always, you know, as I say, I've seen some really fun high hit factor stages, I've seen some really fun low hit factor stages, and I've seen the opposite as well. Uh, but if 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 you've got a match where shit, this one particular stage is a, uh, and this is with handgun, you know, the, the hit factors will it'll be lower with, with with rifle and sometimes with shotgun. Um, you know, if you you could have one stage that's a two and a half hit factor stage, that's a really cool stage because there's an interesting challenge. You know, maybe it's there's there's a lot of movement or a lot of positions for the, the amount of rounds fired. Um, and by the same token, you could you could have that one stage that's super fast, not. And and this isn't an aimed at anyone in particular, but not drawing and firing one shot at a target, because that's not a stage, that's a party trick. Um but you know, you could have, you know, a, a burn it down stage with with a really high hit factor. In a big enough match, not in that 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 four stage match, but in that eight or nine stage match, that yeah. that I think can be really interesting. Um as long as on the whole you've got that balance. As, as long as on the whole you're remembering the the founding principles of IPC, D V C accuracy, power, speed. Um they, most of us shoot minor guns now, so power's not really a thing. But um accuracy and speed, uh in balance, not neither of those should be more important than the other one. Uh, which is a big I think a big misconception about the sport. I think a lot of people think you can miss fast enough to win. And as a general rule, you can't. Um, so, yeah, I think that's that's what I look for. You know, if, if if I know a particular club on the on on the whole is going to offer stages like that, I'm 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 far more inclined to go shoot their matches than if I know everything's going to be two hit factor or everything's going to be ten hit factor, because that just gets boring after a while.
2: Yeah, yeah, I I really like the. I, I like the ratio that IPSC have in the game, that 3-to-1 ratio. So where yep. we have, for every three short courses, we have two mediums, and for every two mediums, we have one long course. Or if you look at it the other way around, you can spin it. Um, one of the things, going back to you talking about short courses, T, I think that there's been a fairly big evolution, and I, and I use the word strongly, in short courses in IPSC. mm traditionally three four maybe five years ago we were shooting a lot of stand in the box and deliver nine round stages Yep, yeah. that's flipped now where we're doing a lot of a lot more like 9 10 11 12 13 round stages where you have to move so you're not just standing still yeah. and delivering which has really brought a nice dynamic and again air quotes balance into the short courses
1: um yeah you know like a, a three or four position 12 round stage can be really interesting uh an occasional round round and stand in the box stage uh, is fun and you know mm-hmm. I, if, if all your short courses are that I, I don't think you're I don't think you're shooting the game as it's really shot today um, the occasional one uh, can be a duel. and I, I'm generally pretty good at them so it's not that I don't want to shoot them because I'm not good at them I just think that that it, 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 once again what 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 we used to see more, we don't see it as, as much as they go, fuck, we've got to run three short courses. So we'll do three quick nine rounds down in the box stages. So we can get to the real business of shooting 32 round. Field courses. Uh, and I, I would, I prefer the current sort of approach of making those stages because there's, there's more points in three 12 round stages than there is in one 32 round stage. Um mm. Yeah. So, so they should be treated with a little bit more respect. I also think, you know, with, you know, for example, on, on a medium course, we, we probably have between production and now with, with PO, that's very possibly the majority or the biggest chunk of competitors at the match. Um, so all of a sudden, a 15 or 16 round stage uh, becomes a particularly interesting thing. You know, I've seen 15 and 16 round stages where you've got shooters of, of high skill levels debating. Are you going to go the the big balls finish the stage on slide lock, or are you going to do the little tiny hamster balls jam a reload in some way? Uh, and I think that can lead to things being really interesting because once again, the guy, the shooter with the bigger balls or, 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 or ovaries, um, who pulls it all together and finishes that stage on slide lock, could potentially win the stage. Um, but if something goes wrong, they're going to drop from winning the stage to shooting a 65%. Uh, And I think that can be a really nice sort of challenge um, and and an interesting sort of approach, and especially on a stage like that, and and this is something I like to do with shotgun matches as well, but even on a stage like that, especially if you don't give them an obvious place to reload. So, you know, guys who shoot classic are more used to having to punch a hole to reload because you may very well have this step or this transition between apertures or whatever. That might be your only opportunity to stick the mag in your classic gun or single stack gun if you're shooting USPSA. Um, guys shooting standard and and, and and even production with a 15 round or 16 round production gun are more used to there being an obvious opportunity to reload. Um, so if you don't offer that, that adds an interesting sort of uh, dynamic, and especially if you're combining that with, with something where the, the round count is, is tight. Um, you know, 14 rounds where it's like one step here or half a step um, can can give it a, a really interesting sort of what do I do? And, and and as I say, like, and I'm sure we've said this on the show before, some of the best stages are the ones where, where Oaks are standing there going, the only way to shoot this stage is X, and another guy going. The only way to st- shoot this stage is Y, and both of them are right. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts are on
0: that. Yeah, so not to give away too much, um, but I've been working on a handgun course of fire for a match that'll come up at some point in the in the near future. And uh, one of the things I I've been experimenting with, with. Sorry, Z. I said we must chat dates with that. Yes, we must. Um, so the interesting thing that I've done with this, and course fire is not not finalised, and like dates are not finalised, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but it's um, so I'll, I'll tell you the, uh, the the round count. It's an eight round stand in the box stage. It's a nine round stage with movement and a mover. It's a twelve round stage with uh, interesting movements and probably some tricky positioning to get rounds. It's a 15-round stage on a relatively small bay. 22, 24, 28, 32. So what you've got is 150 rounds exactly, and you've got, in your short courses, you've got a space where guys shooting classic major can burn it down because they've got a spare round of ammo. You've got a stage where they can't really burn it down because they've got exactly the amount of ammo that they need to shoot that. But no one else is probably going to do the big ball because it's got some movement and it's got some movers. So now you're ending up with um, everyone is probably doing a reload uh, until you get to standard, probably. Um, 12-round stage, well, Classic has to do reloads. And again, Production's probably going to be doing reloads. And then when you get into the 15-round, well, Production's going to do reloads unless you're really big ball. And then 22 standard has to do reloads, 24 standard has to do reloads, 28, 32, you're getting to the point where um, there has to be reloads and open. But the round count cutoffs are at a place where it is going to be tempting for people to run big ball. And it's going to be tempting for guys to to, to play it conservatively, depending on which way you, you swing on that particular stage. But it does that for every single division. Um, that we anticipate will be shot after the match. I mean, if you're shooting revolver, those revolvers can no also have eight rounds or whatever if they want to. Listen, um, no one cares about your revolver. <laughs> <laughs> but but you'll notice that there's only one stand-in-the-box stage. It's an eight-round stand-in-the-box stage. And based on the design I currently have, it's not a burn-it-down eight-round stand-in-the-box stage. It's a, it has some targets you can burn, but it has some targets that'll burn you if you're not... Um, no, uh, if you don't see your sights, you're you're going to regret it. Um, and that kind of stuff appeals to me. The 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 playing mm-hmm. of the do I run a big ball plan or do I play it safe and I do a reload, and the uh, do I try and burn it down or uh, am I going to be a little bit more sensible based on what the stage is, and and uh, not necessarily play it safe. But uh, you can't. I don't think that eight round stage is going to be a ten hit factor, shall we say. Mm-hmm um and i i find that really appealing i don't know what you guys sort of thoughts are on that but uh kind of stuff yeah. is interesting to me i
1: i think something like that is cool you know I, I, the, the the problem w- when they when when, when they put nine on standard box stages together particularly is that classic major classic major shouldn't be a disadvantage um you know you Classic is – and Classic is the one division where this is probably the the most prevalent. in you know, a production, everything's minor. Standard, on the whole, is thought of as, as primarily a major division, though there seems to be some interesting thinking happening there and obviously open is very a major division. But Classic has long been the, the, the division where there's a perfectly logical explanation to shoot major or minor. Um, if you have a lot of nine-round stand-in-the-box stages – all of a sudden, it doesn't make any sense to shoot classic major because it's just too unforgiving. Especially, and I've seen this where you do nine rounds stand in the box, empty start stages. So the classic major shooter has to do a standing reload, um, and the classic minor shooter has has an extra round. So I, I think the, the the eight round option it lets the classic shooter hammer those those slightly faster shots, especially if you you if you build that opportunity into it. Um, so that they can go well. Let me take advantage of my major scoring um, without going. I've got to shoot this so conservatively. I might as well be shooting a, a minor gun, and that's that. You sometimes see as well, where you know, if, if you've got, I mean, it's not technically legal, but we still see it. A nine-round stand-in-the-box stage with nine pieces of steel. The classic major guy. There's no. He's he's running a, a distinct disadvantage. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's I, I like that. I like that sort of slightly different. You know, I, I'm a I'm a pretty conservative shooter. So if if I'm shooting a production gun and you present me with a 14 or 15 round stage, I'm probably going to jam a reload there. So if you present me with a 16 round stage, I'm almost definitely going to jam a reload there um, because that's the way I shoot. I know other shooters who are really really good who don't do that. Um, i know for myself i'm going to be faster if i jam that reload because i'm not going to be shooting this like it's a PRS match uh, but i think it's nice to put that sort of pressure on 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 people um and and yeah you know there's nothing worse than stages are designed to suck and and we've all shot matches where it was obvious that this this stage was not designed to be a test of your skills this stage was not designed to be a a and entertaining and, and you know, like you would go into this and go this is – it might be really difficult. I'm, I, I, you know, once again, we're not saying we want hoses stuff, but you get those stages where you go the goal of this stage was for you to walk off the stage and go, fuck, that was horrible. Um, and I don't get the point of that. You know, that's like having a rugby game and, and throwing n- nails all over the pitch and going, well, this will teach them not to, not to tackle anything. That might be a terrible analogy, but it made sense to
0: me. You, you know what I, I, I really like in a stage, based on what you just said? Boobie. I like to walk onto a stage and uh, and go, uh, fuck, I've got this. I can mm. do everything that the stage demands. And that doesn't mean that every target's at three meters. I mean, I can shoot targets at 35 meters. Mm. So I can walk onto that stage and go, I can do this. You put a mini swinger at 35, well, you've now diminished that. I can do this. Um, the stage doesn't have to be easy but I have to walk on or I personally want to walk on and go I can do this it might take me a lot longer than it might take other guys but I can do this there's nothing that is impossible for me to do and that's not just in in terms of shooting um, that's also apertures Um, if you walk onto the stage and you're a dude the size of T and they've got a really really low go prone port where he needs to roll on his side because he can't physically line up his gun with his eyes based on how low the port is the shots on the other side of that port don't have to be difficult for you to go fuck my my confidence in that fuck i've got this is gone um same thing if you've got high ports um they really really uncommon Uh, i think i've only seen it in one match but if you've got a high port and you've got a, a relatively short shooter who's going fuck i can't actually see the targets without doing something silly um so that also takes away from the whole, I've got this, which I think is important in the sport, um, personally.
1: Yeah. The, the 35 meter, and I remember the match with the 35 meter swinging mini. Um, yep. That, that honestly, for, for the majority of shooters, turns into um, a lottery uh, where your bullets may connect the main knot. And, and I saw it that match. the the skill of the shooter and the the, the rounds on the target were not necessarily that closely aligned. Um, You know, I've also seen, and we've all seen matches where you've got 35-meter minis that are then half covered with hard hard cover. Um,
0: That same match.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah. Um, If you've got that sort of thing, you know, especially for iron-sided shooters, you're starting to get into the realm of it's it's not a bullseye match, um, so there's a timer going. It's without getting sort of too timmy, it's not the most practical thing. Um, and what are you testing? Uh, and 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 I think I think luck should never should never play a role in the results of a match. Um, I also think sort of, and and this is something I've been very very vocal about. Um, Low ports are are often oversubscribed. Um, And when I say that's fine, I want ports that are in line with my six foot four inch frame. I get told, well, that's not fair. Um, And the fact is, you know, a lot of ports where even gas or corn are ducking down ever so slightly to shoot through, I'm having to take a squat, Uh, which is cool, except for the fact that there's, I've seen people have to stand on boxes and maybe two matches in all, all my years of competing. Um, so I don't, and, I, and, and once again, for, for what we're trying to measure in the game, um, I don't, I don't think you're necessarily getting the best measurement of the best shooter um, by having a huge amount of low ports. Have some, I get that it's part of the game. Um, but Often with that as well, and 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 especially considering, to maybe contradict myself slightly, but especially at, at sort of level one and level two matches, we've often got a lot of older shooters, a lot of newer shooters. Um, we should, in some way, give them an option to feel like they can shoot the stage, even if it's not the most competitive thing. So have that have that you know really challenging target. And give the give the shooter the option twenty five meters and shooting the mini, or running fifteen meters closer and shooting it at ten meters. Um, you know that that I think can be quite an interesting sort of thing. And we we don't have there is there are a few things more disconcerting for a new shooter to shoot a stage and have two mic, Charlie mic, Delta mic. Um, you know that's. I, I'm not saying dumb things down at all because anyone knows if I build stages I like to be a dick and put no shoots and, and weird shit like that in there but it w- when when you're doing stuff that, that your your goal is to destroy the soul of every shooter there um I, I don't I, maybe it's time to stop designing stages and I, and, I, and I'm not trying to be bitchy there but maybe it's time to take a break um, because if that's, if that's what you're putting together, it, it's probably not that you want the best for the sport. Just like if if every stage you design is this muzzle blast, you know, if you had a bayonet on your gun, you could stab it. Um, it's also maybe time to take a little bit of a break and and try and get someone else involved. And I and I appreciate that realistically that can be a challenge because no one wants to do the work, um, but you're not gonna you're not gonna increase their desire to do the work. And you're not going to have more people to want to do the work if people shoot a match once and go, you know, this, this sport is cuck. Um, you know, it's... And once again, I'm not talking about participation trophies. I'm not talking about dropping the standards so low that everything's too easy for everyone. Um, but we, th- there is a point where, where you just... Yeah, things are getting absurd. Um, and while I, I like absurd comedy... It probably doesn't have a role in practical pistol shooting.
0: Yeah, so I think that that is exactly what I was saying earlier. With uh, I don't think stages need to be easy. Like I, I really don't. But I would like people to walk onto stages and go. Given no time limit, I can do everything the stage demands of me. And a thirty-five meter mini swinger, even when it stops and becomes stationary. 35 meters on a mini is beyond the ability of i'm going to say most shooters i mean it's, it's not beyond the, the ability of all shooters but that is challenging um there there is a there's a level of skill that's required to shoot good score um on a 35 meter mini uh assuming an open board not even talking partials that a lot of people don't have now, I'm not saying you can't throw in a 35 meter mini once every 20 matches or whatever but if that's the norm there's a problem um, also if we're, if we're looking at like a let's say we're looking at an eight round stage looking at 40 points okay if I am able to effectively zero the stage by not being able to do the the absurd stuff that you're demanding there's a problem so if you have a 35 meter shot on a on a on a Mini and a 32-round stage, and the rest of it is sensible. We're talking sort of 7 to 18 meters or something like that. Um, sweet. There's a, there's, a, there's a skill demand there, but the shooter who can't do that is not going home with a soul-crushing performance because he is unable to get anything other than zero on that stage. Um, and again, I think that's important, even at high-level matches. If I think back to the, the, I've only shot one level four, and... Soon we'll shoot a second one. But if I think back to the level four, there was no stupid shots at that match. There was nothing that even I mean, I was a I was a newbie to the Epsix board back then. There was nothing that I felt I could not do given no time limits. There was stuff that was challenging because the clock was running and my head was going, I have to be fast. Um, even though that's that's not always true. You don't always have to be fast. Sometimes you just have to survive in stages because everyone else is making Complete hash of it. Um, but there was nothing in that matched that made me go, fuck, I'm, I'm I, it doesn't matter what happens in this match, I can take half an hour to shoot the stage and I'm still not going to be able to make the challenge. It was none of that sort of stuff.
1: There, there were those two steals behind the no shoots on the bus stage. <laughs> on the bus stage yeah. There. I shot
0: those, no problem. Those. I like those.
1: <laughs> yeah. They, so, they, those were fucking, those were challenging shots though. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, guys, as the best shooter on this podcast, what are your thoughts?
2: Um, I was just going to say that with a lot of the stuff we're talking about, you may not know what to expect at a match before you get to the match, before you get thrown all these curveballs or something like that. But the more matches you shoot and the more matches you shoot at different ranges, different provinces, clubs, um, et cetera, et cetera, you'll get a feel for what the guys present to you and you get a better idea on what to expect. Yeah, you definitely do. And with that, we often see this philosophy philosophy of guys designing courses of fire that are going to challenge the higher-end shooters, and I use air quotes around that because it's not necessarily the correct philosophy. A good match is a match where, like Cornet has been saying, um, that any shooter can make... Let's call it 99% of the shots because there will be outliers for certain shooters and certain skill levels. (laughs) Um, And that's not going to destroy their confidence. What a good match is going to do is it's going to bring about errors that shooters induce themselves. So the match shouldn't be forcing you to make errors, like T was saying earlier. You don't want to walk off a stage and say, that was terrible. I don't like the sport. So that's something else to keep in mind as well. Is most good courses of fire are going to make you make your own mistakes? So you induce the error yourself. The course of fire doesn't make you or force you to create or cause an error. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah I, th- I think that's that's a really good point. I've I've seen I've seen some some great use of of relatively close targets that forced guys to make mistakes. Um, and I think uh, you've said it, and I think Corn said it as well. Uh, well, actually, I know Corn said it. Um, on the whole, the majority of shots should be doable by any. I'm not saying any shooter. You know, I, I don't think you should have a a match where you know anyone who's never shot a gun in their life before should be able to hit the target. Um, mm. But a sort of high C or B class shooter sh- shouldn't be looking at any of the targets, going, "I can't do this." Um, you know, I, I don't have the mechanical skill to make this shot, uh, because then you know by the time the guy's there or or the ladies there um or the apache helicopters there um they should have a skill set that allows them to take those shots you know if 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 their skill set and if it's a particular shooter well maybe they've got weaknesses if if it's the majority of shooters then maybe there's Maybe it's not an IPSC stage or an IDPA stage or a steel challenge stage or whatever sport you're shooting. Maybe you're trying to build a stage for a different type of match.
2: Yeah. And and relative to that, we also see similar things coming through. So you'll shoot a match and then at the end of the day, you're having a look at the results. And you notice that there's a lot of DQs on a specific Mm -hmm. stage. That's more often a little bit – it's more often design error or build error that have induced those Mm. DQs more so than the shooters. And it's a little bit of a difficult thing to explain, but if you've got 99, let's call it 99% because it's so close to 100. 99% of your DQs for the day were on this stage in this particular position. It is most likely something that the shooters weren't aware of um, through build or course design of that stage. Now there's certain outliers where you should be making sure which way you're unloading and that sort of stuff, but for the most part, if you look at it, that's something else to consider in a match as well. Yeah. So just yeah, I, something I think, sort of. Sorry, on, Karen. Sorry,
0: T-Bag. Just something on that, Gaz. Um, I've only seen this once, uh, but I have been to a match where they were absolutely aware that it was a DQ trap, and. You know it's a DQ trap because the RO on that particular stage, and again, this has only happened once. I'm not against ROs. I love you guys. Um, but I have at one match where the RO was standing in a spot saying that I'm going to send so many people home here today. Um, one, that's not the right attitude for an RO. But two, if you as the match director see that you're going to send a lot of people home on that spot, you need to change the layout of that stage. Uh, in some way to make it safer. Because remember, we're not sending people home because a DQ is a failure in your ability to shoot or, or to do something. We're sending people home because it's unsafe. And if you are building unsafe into your match on purpose or by accident, but notice it and don't fix it, you're being irresponsible. Um, yeah, that that shouldn't happen.
1: I'm 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 strongly with you on that. I think. Yeah. If if a shooter gets them DQs himself because they did something dumb, well, sorry, you know we yep. we've all done it or, or are going to do it at some stage. If you've got a stage where five people have DQ, been dequeued because of a particular spot, to my mind, the failure there is not with the shooters, is with the stage designer. Um, because as Korn said, why are we DQing people? Because they did something so dangerous that that it posed a risk to other people on the range so you know one of the things we do at vector generally is if we if you know when we're working on stage design um we we're looking for that we're looking at the well you know if the guy breaks the 90 here um or sometimes fuck we, we could have a situation where it's you know not pointing at a backstop um is is that risk worth it to my mind, no, because it's a fucking game. Um, you know, it, it's never worth and, – and you can have a good stage and you can have a stage where there's some excitement in that without endangering anyone on the range. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I agree with you quite strongly there. I, I, I think there's nothing to be gained. It, it's always interesting to me when you go into a match and you'll see this m- most often at, at sort of level three and above, you know, where you've got two oros on a stage. And they'll put one RO in a spot to see if you break the 90. And it's you know, to, to my mind, to my mind anyway, it, it's a case of we know there's a flaw here. So maybe we should have been a little bit more careful about how we've designed this. And and, and no one here is saying, because I know someone's gonna claim it, that everything should be straight ahead and, and boring and dull and safe and fluffy. Um, because I think that's also idiotic. But I, I think what all three of us are saying is. There's no need to there's no need to put together a stage where someone whose gun handling is good and whose safety consciousness is good could very easily be dequeued because of, of a target that that was badly placed. Um, you know, as I say, it happened. Guys break the 90, guys take a step of the finger on the trigger, guys do stupid shit, and unfortunately they have to be dequeued for that. Um but if if we have multiple DQs in the same spot, as I say, I, I think I think we need to we need to sort of look inward and go what did what did I do as a stage designer? what what mistake did I make as a stage designer um that we had multiple Dqs in the same spot in the stage? And we've seen those matches where, um you know, Every DQ that happens, or almost every DQ that happens, you know, you'll you'll have one dude DQ'd because he had live ammo in the safety area, and two because they took steps with their finger on the trigger, and seven DQ'd on stage three on this spot. I don't think you need to be a rocket surgeon to look at that and go, there was a problem with that stage design. And IDPA have introduced a rule now. I can't remember the exact number, but I think it's on the third dq on a stage and i think this is a bit nanny state but on a, on the third dq on a stage i think they ha- the, the 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 md has to ha- come have a look at it and if there is another one they pull the stage um now i'm not saying that that's necessarily the um sure. the answer um but i th- i think there is a kernel of logic in that uh you know, because at the end of the day, we're playing a game with, with potentially lethal things. Um, so if, if we've got a bad stage, and, and that that most of that can be mitigated when we're examining the stages off. we've built them. If we're looking at this and going, if I'm standing here going, is that is that the 89, the 90, or the 91? Um, that could be really challenging when i am especially if it's sort of in an arbitrary place you know if it's a case of well if you go past this line you're going to break it well that's one of those things but we have a two meter piece of brand ring, and for 1.632 meters of it it's fine um, but then all of a sudden we take a step and we're now not hitting the backstop uh, maybe bump the target forward a little bit
2: um, i mean most matches, sorry, most matches are going to be testing your gun handling and your safety consciousness anyway. And you should be aware of those things about where you can engage this, where you can't engage that, et cetera, where, when and if my finger should be on the trigger, blah, blah. But a course of fire should not be inducing, and I used course of fire as a match, stage, target, whatever the case. It should not be inducing an unsafe environment because ultimately the arrows are there and the vetting and the stages and the rules and all of that are there to prevent unsafe environments from occurring and not actually rectifying the majority of those after they've happened. There's no point. That's not safe. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah.
1: By the time you've dq though, something dangerous has happened.
0: Correct. So to, to sort of tie into what he said with uh, the idea of pulling stage, I think there's a lot of logic in that. Um, again, it, I want to be nanny state, but I mean, I recall some stages where you start in a spot because it's the logical spot to start or because there's a four start there, you draw your gun, you shoot a target on the 90 hmm. and then you move away from there. If you take half a step or you lean your hips a little bit some way or, or you, know, you, you do anything that isn't absolutely perfect, you are breaking the 90. But more importantly, an actual unsafe action is happening. Um, not a not a perceived unsafe action where you know you've got no sort of shooters anywhere close to that area and it's cordoned off. And if you break the 90, well, you're going home because you've broken the 90, but nothing nothing actually unsafe is happening. we we've seen it where you're shooting potentially into areas that are really bad um, on targets that are intentionally set up on the 90 for your draw. I think in those instances. If it's not fixed during the uh, the the initial um, sort of vetting of the stage, which I think is crucially important and needs to be done uh, with uh, an eye on safety, shall we say. I think in those sorts of instances, pulling the stage would be a more responsible thing to do than to get to DQ number three. Uh, now, those are are rare and that's a, that's a very specific example, um, but we've seen it happen. We've seen places where you you walk up the stage and you're playing the role of the RO for the day and you say to the guys, listen, guys, no jokes. There's a problem here. Be super cautious. Um, I think if those words need to come out of your mouth, there's a fundamental problem at that stage. Um, if it is well, if you cross past this point and you engage this target, you're going home because you've broken the 90. That's one thing. But when you go, look, dude, this is serious. Just don't fuck up here because this is going to be deadly. No. That stage needs to go um, or it needs to be fixed. i much prefer it be fixed. But, you know, if that can't it's, happen, it needs to get cut. One of the things that's
1: concerned me is, is when you get those stages where they, they get an aura to stand in a particular spot because this is where people break the 90. And you go... If I break the 90 here, I'm pointing a gun at you. Yep. That is a problem. Um, You know, that's – so what you're going is if someone makes a mistake here, we're setting up a potentially lethal situation. Um, That to me, once again, it's a game we play with guns. It's it's not life and death. Um, It's not tactical to me. End of the world, you're not actually saving the free world from fucking the boogeyman. Um, you're playing a game with guns. To to turn around to a volunteer and go, I need you to stand here so that and if someone points their gun at you, you get to send them home. Um that just on the face of it doesn't strike me as the most logical thing in the world ever. No. Uh so I think that you know, the, the the other problem with shit like that is and and this Unfortunately, it happens once again. This is not disparaging the ROs. It's it's just reality that you'll get a dude who will run that stage. The whole squad sees him break the 90 um, and the RO doesn't for whatever reason. And then the dude after him gets DQ'd. So then you have other shooters being super careful to not break the 70 because now the RO is, a little, not, you know, sort of understandably jumpy because he's had a gun pointed at him or she's had a gun pointed at her. Um and we end up in the situation where th- there's a, a bit of a competitive disparity because I've seen dudes win stages where they should have gone home. Um, and then you go, well, you know, the the, the the next dude who only shot 90% of him should have won the stage because he was actually safer. Um, and as I say, I'm, I'm not disparaging the ROs. You can't be everywhere at every time. Um, You know, shit happens. You've got to look in in multiple places. But I think if we can avoid that possibility as as much as possible on a stage, um, I think that's
0: better. So I'd like to add something there, which I think ties into this wonderfully. Um, And the ROs might actually like this as opposed to thinking we're a bunch of cocks. I mean, we are. We are a bunch of cocks, but uh, if you're designing stages that give the arrow absolutely no option of safely arrowing the shooter, that's a problem. Hmm. Um, there are stages where ROs are required to stand in unsafe places because they can't physically see the shooter from anywhere else. They can't get close enough to make a timer work. Um, I mean, I've seen this at a couple of matches. Again, this, these are not it's not like this is happening at every match, but I've seen a couple of couple of matches where there is a stage where you literally feel sorry for the RO for needing to work that stage. Like I said, they either can't get close to, they have to stand in a dumb place, and I'm saying dumb place because it's unsafe, not not dumb because the RO is being dumb. Um, but you're you're forcing them into uncomfortable positions based on stage design. Um, that stuff can largely be avoided. Uh, it can probably entirely be avoid, avoided, um, except for perhaps very rare failures in, in vetting to, to see that stuff. Uh, but I would, I would like that to be like the bare minimum. And I think these are more likely to happen at, uh, not that it can only happen, but more likely to happen at lower level matches, like, uh, like, like level ones and twos where, uh, stages are being built and vetted on pretty short turnaround mm-hmm. times
1: yeah I, th- I think
0: if if we can be
1: measuring that dvc um you know at, at the end of the day if, if 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 we can have a system where we're measuring that that dvc we're we're measuring um accuracy and 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 speed primarily, uh, and everyone has a good time uh, because that's part of it as well. You know, it's, it's, and I'm not saying it needs to be easy or, or anything stupid like that. But we we want a situation where everyone's leaving this and going, that was a good experience. It, it could be a soul-crushing experience because a soul-crushing experience can still be a good experience, but it needs to, ideally be both of those things especially um, I think and once again to contr- contradict myself from earlier and I'm not saying just a club match but we don't want people shooting a club match and walking away going this was w- this was horrible um, you know it they, they can walk away and go wow look at what that gas guy can do I took 57 seconds to do to, to shoot what he could do in 12 seconds Um but there's a big difference between I took 57 seconds to do what he could do in 12 seconds and I couldn't do this thing um at all uh you know with with all the time in the world with all all, all the you know not oh that one t- once again and and this is another little diatribe I'm going to go on we sometimes here have have this a bit of a weird fetish about Looking at a match overseas, and it's, I don't know if it's just a South African thing, but it's something that we come across quite often. Looking at a match overseas and, and looking at one target or one part of that match and deciding that that's the entire match. Um, so, you know, classic one was the, it was the, the World Cup, in, the World Shoot in France. And there was that famous, there was a famous like 50 meter shot from a, from a peculiar angle. Um and there was lots of discussion about that shot. And 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 it was, by the sounds of things, a really challenging shot. And you oh, we need to we need to practice this all the time. We need to practice this all the time. And it's like, well, the other 598 shots you shot were those at reasonable size targets between 10 and 15 meters with half the A zone or more visible? Yeah. But but and I and I and I've seen that we, we seem to kind of lock on to that. There's that one really difficult thing. And and sometimes, I mean, um, I was chatting to, to one of the world shoot rifle guys who said, I think there was a 380-meter plate at the rifle world shoot that you had to stand on your hind legs and shoot. Um, and I think six shooters at the match or something equally weird hit it. But that was a case of you stood there, you fired a shot at the plate, and you ran away. And if you hit it, you hit it. And if you didn't, you didn't. It was a big stage. It was like you said earlier, Corn. Um so if you missed it, you lost fifteen points. But it was a thirty-two or thirty-eight or forty-round stage, or whatever. Um, it wasn't a case of you had four of those in an eight-round stage, and if you didn't hit them, you zeroed the stage. Uh, and, and I think that's something we need to be we need to be cognizant of. Some, you know, the, to my mind, what makes a good state, what makes a good match is if the majority of the match. So 80% of the match falls into that interesting challenge or or, or good challenge. Um, And then maybe we have 10% that is burn it down. And maybe we have 10% that is fucking, you know, like more challenging, more, you know, we have that, that we can stage or that, you know, the, the, the longer shot, but, it's got to be that balance. It's not. It's got to be something where you can. You're not going to lose the entire match because you know you, you can't do one thing. Uh, to my mind, anyway, my spiders uh, just right? They're massive.
0: Awesome. Uh, a, a specific failure should not cost you the match. Yeah. So in high hit factor matches, not stages, matches um there is a really great disadvantage um or there, there's a there's a really big pressure put on draw speed and reload speed um and to a lesser degree the splits that you can shoot but there's a really big penalty for a slightly slower draw and there's a really big penalty for a slightly slower Mac change um, and even though those things are important in shooting and should be tested if the majority of the match's outcome is determined on those things because you're shooting 12 or 15 or 18 mm-hmm. hit-factor stages the entire day, um, that's not one, a fair representation of shooting skill. It's it's measuring um, singular skills and not the shooter as a, as a, as a whole. Um, same thing if you have extremely difficult uh, accuracy standards that need to be met. So again, 35 meter mini swinger. Uh, if that's the the majority of the match, um, that has a, it has a particular disadvantage, not disadvantage. It, it's not measuring movement speed. It's not necessarily measuring things like draws and reloads. Uh, it's, it's generally in those instances, not really measuring your ability to stage plan and move efficiently. Um, because all the efficiency matters nada if you're shooting, you know, in a 100-round match 50 mics because the accuracy standard is insane. Um, occasional high-accuracy standard, really good, really important. No problem. But like I said, if, if there is, if you are going to zero the stage based on that, um, and I mean, when I say you, I mean the average shooter. I don't mean the outlier of the dude who, who thinks that it's just, Lasting as quickly as you can on targets that you can't do that on, but if the average shooter in IPSC can't do it in their own time, it's irrelevant to
1: the sport. You, you, you could you know you could make it interesting. You 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 can have a match where, for example, Gaz and Grant are head to head, and you have a stage with a fifty meter popper, um, which is a, a, a hit. Once, as we said earlier, every sort of high C or B class shooter can make given given their, you know given enough time. If we have something like that and we go, you know, fuck, Gaz could punch that one a little bit quicker and that can change the match or, you know, and, and even better in the same match, if we have another stage where we have a, a super close sort of target or, or a super, you know, a little bit more hosy stuff um, so that it, it, measuring, okay, well, we've got a lot of balance and then we've got a little bit of an outlier here. That, I think, is interesting. Yeah, agreed. Um, if it's you know, a little I've, bit... I've said about certain clubs and I'm not going to name clubs. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've said about certain clubs and I'm not going to name the clubs, but there were a couple of clubs that for a long time, um, and Gaz will remember this, we kind of looked at this and went, you know, if we could take this match and this match and cut both in half... And add the two halves together, we'd have two great matches. Um, but because we can't do that, we've ended up with two not great matches, or sometimes kind of shitty matches. And and if you could literally just sort of graft like half of each match onto another one, you'd have a really nice balanced match. And I think that's that's kind of the that's the the, the word for the 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 show more than anything is it's balance um, and, and I think a lot of people hear that out of context depending on where they're coming from so you get the guys who go all you want to do is you just want to host no all you want to do is you just want to shoot at 25 meter targets with no shoots no what I want is I want to match where as many skills as possible are, are, are measured uh, or as many skills relevant to the sport um, you know are measured.
2: Gaz? Yeah. No, I agree with you completely and with the majority of the matches that we've the, we've shot a lot of matches together, all three of us. And if you look back, the majority of the matches that we've had a really good time at, 98% of the targets at least have been within or around anything between 7 and 17 meters. Yep, And that's varying targets. That's Open targets, partial targets with hard cover, partial targets with no shoots, steel plates and poppers, all at those distances. And every one of those matches would have induced some form of shooter error through through shooter error. The match didn't cause the error, if that makes sense. Yeah. The match provided you the opportunity to make the mistake and learn from it. That's probably the oh. better way of wording it. Um, yeah. And... The balance includes stuff at 3 meters, and it also includes some stuff at 25, 30, 35
1: meters. Yeah, I think sort of related to that, a 25-meter full board, uh, you know, full-size IPSC target at 25 meters, often can can give us an even, and this is going to sound weird, an even better measure than a 35-meter Mini. Because on the 35-meter Mini, everyone's going, Throttle all the way back, you know, equal height, equal light, perfect front side focus, whatever, trying to hit this thing. Whereas that 20, 25 meter full board, it looks big enough that guys think that they can poke two at it pretty quickly. Um and as I say, that that to me is always the exciting challenge. It's the it's getting guys to to try something stupid. You know, I, I've seen lots of misses on two and three meter targets. I'm sure we've all seen it where guys hose past the target and just wank off two rounds as quickly as they can um, and hope they luck out. And I think that's that's underappreciated. Once again, we don't want a whole match of that, but I I don't see much use for, and and whichever argument you want to use, but I don't see much use for sort of a really small target at distance with the no shoot or something in the way. Um, and by distance, I mean that 25, 30, 35 meter Sort of stuff um, because it's a pistol. Uh, you know, it's not a rifle. Um, you know, I on a shotgun match, I want hard no shoots. On a pistol match, I want hard no shoots. But uh, a hard no shoot can be a, a seven meter target with three inches of Azo. Um, you know, that's, and once again, that's, we see a lot of it when you put a a seven-meter target with half the A zone visible and half the A zone covered by no shoot. And how often do we see that no shoot get hit? Because people think this is an, an, a close, easy target and don't don't respect it. Uh, and I think that's you know that they your own. And I, I think all three of us have done this, so it's not a it's not a pejorative. But your own stupidity is what's going to hurt you there, not the ridiculousness of this target and the requirement for you to have. A particular um, just sort of unrealistic accuracy or, or, or speed um, ability.
0: Yeah, yeah. the uh, I don't know quite how to put this, but Gaz also tried to hit on this, and you just tried to hit on this. Having a match that punishes you for shooting beyond your current level of skill mm. is good. Mm-hmm. Having a match that punishes you for shooting at your level of skill is bad. Um, and for, for most people, shooting at your level of skill is going to be the same accuracy, but slower. Mm. So they'll shoot 95% of the points like Gaz does, but they'll take twice as long shooting at their their level of skill. If they want to be silly and try and match Gaz's time, well, if you shoot 10% of the points, that's on you. Um, but if you have a match where shooting at your current level of skill results in really poor sort of results that's terrible. Um, And that's where that whole in your own time, because remember there's no time limit on, on F six stages Um, faster is better, but there's no express time limit. So if I do it in six seconds and you take a minute and a half, that's not a value judgment. That's you at your current level of skill, take a minute and a half to do that. That is fine. Do your thing. But if in a minute and a half in your own, in your own time, sort at your current skill level, you shoot fifty percent of the, the rounds of mics, Th- there's something happening there in, in that match that's not good. Um, and that, that needs to be addressed. Yeah. Sort of at the at the match director level, organizer level, you know, there's there's something that's happening. That's not, it's not is not positive for the growth of the sport.
1: One of, one of one of the best matches I ever shot in my life. Um was the, the 2019 European handgun champs in, champs in Serbia. Um, that was a really, really good match. Um, and the, the cool thing with that um, is that the majority of the shots were between 17, 7 and 20 meters. Um, if there was a no-shoot on most of the targets with a no-shoot, there was 50% of the A zone available unless the no-shoot was really close. And then you would still have at least a quarter of the of the A zone available. Um there were very few there were very few silly things. There was one sort of empty chamber start, there was one sort of, you know, mags on table, gun empty start, there was a strong hand only stage, there was a weak hands-only stage, there was a stage with prone, there was a stage or two that required kneeling. So there was a whole lot of skills tested. Uh but there was no it, it was not heavily weighted to anything except accuracy and speed um, so you could you could fuck up a a stage and it wasn't a case of well you know if, if you can't shoot 35 meter minis or if you can't hose two meter targets um, you might as well go home uh, because that's not really what our game is about um, and that that I thought was a really good example of Guys shot no shoots. Guys shot mics um, because they didn't respect the target. So it wasn't a case of uh, it was you know an impossible shot or a ridiculously hard shot. Uh, and there were some difficult shots, but there was nothing ridiculous. Uh, but as we often see, a lot of the mics were on closer, easier targets because guys were were not respecting them. They weren't getting. They weren't seeing what they needed to see. Uh, and I think that's a that's a useful sort of um, that's a useful sort of measure.
0: Uh, sort of more more general match stuff that that make matches um, enjoyable and and make me want to go. Um, matches that run on time uh, are generally more pleasant. Um, now there there are unforeseen circumstances that happen and you have delays because you have range failures or whatever, these sorts of things happen. But if your match that you're hosting as a rule shoots 30 minutes a stage, and then there is a stage at every match that you host where there's a two hour wait, um, that's not going to be an enjoyable experience for me. And I might let it slide the first time because like I said, these things happen and in my head, I'm going to go, well, this is unforeseen circumstances happens, but in the second match when the same thing happens, I'm probably not going to be at your third match. Um, again, I understand things happen and, and things are beyond people's control, but if it's a, if it's a regular thing where you have major weights, uh, that's a problem um, because it negatively impacts uh shooter performance. Um, I've, seen guys check out of matches because there's long waits and I've checked out, out of matches because there's long waits. Um, that's that's not great. Um, if you suspect that there is going to be long waits based on the course of fire that you designed and the way that your range is laid out, uh, it might be a good idea to um, not follow your range's logical range order. So make stage one range six and make stage two range nine or whatever so that you end up with a with an even dispersion of shooters across the range so that you minimize weights there will always be some weights but so that you minimize them um that that helps especially the bigger matches um something else that that makes me less likely to attend your future matches is if you have an outlier number of range failures Um, so if you're insistent on having a moving target on every range and every range has two or three shooters that have to reshoot because your equipment don't reliably activate, um, that's a problem. And the way you solve that is by either fixing your equipment or like madness telling you madness, use less moving equipment. The sport isn't about that. It's an important skills test. But the sport isn't about that. You don't have to have something moving on every stage or the majority of your stages. And in fact, I've shot some really good matches where there was nothing moving. Um, so you don't have to have it. Good to have it, I, but you don't have to have I, it.
1: I think I mean, like some of the best stages, matches I've shot had moving things on every on every range, but it was but really it reliable. Um that's yeah, the so yeah. I think that's the thing. If if you're going to do that, you need to you need to make sure that your equipment. And I understand. I mean, we we had with the shotgun extravaganza. I I got pissed off because I I should have known better. We we misjudged some of the time, and there was a bit of a delay. Um, And so if you if you if you're designing a match or something, learn from that mistake. You know, if 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 the last one there was a delay because of this, don't don't do the same thing again. Um, find a way to to speed up that process, and you know what? Maybe maybe twenty rounds less, and not spending two hours sitting in the sun. Um, and have if you can have shade, have yes. shade. Most of the people listening to the show are in Africa. If you aren't in Africa, you may be shocked to discover that Africa in summer is fucking hot, and Africa in winter is still pretty fucking hot during the middle of the day. Um, so try not have people stuck in the sun with no shade cooking. Um.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, we, we did have uh, on our, our sort of stake and last, last stage at the extravaganza, uh, we had extremely long waits for a couple of squads. Um, there, was, there was sort of failures and issues at multiple levels that, that caused that. Um, it wasn't just the design of the, of the match, uh, but it certainly contributed to it. And that's why I said, we understand that these issues happen. Sometimes they're, they're unforeseeable. Sometimes they are foreseeable, but you don't notice cause you don't have enough experience doing it. That is fine. Like I said, when it happens the second time, I'm unlikely to attend your third match. Um, if it happens the second time for the same reason, it's, let's be clear on that. Um, Occasionally, these things are going to happen, and and we need to live with it. And that in itself does not necessarily sour a match. Like I said, repeat issues is what is what the the, the big problem is there. It's not the issue; it's the repeats sort of it. Um, catering is nice, but not always uh, feasible. So, if you have it, that's great. If you don't have it, um, just let people know. Um, I think is the is the important bit there, so that they can prepare for that. Um yeah range helpers are always nice like always 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 um lots of people are willing to to spend a little bit more money on the match fees in order to get uh range helpers so that it reduces the uh, the workload on the actual shooters some people are not willing to to contribute towards that uh but lots of people are so that's that's great um again not not absolutely essential we've obviously been shooting matches without range helpers for many years um, but if you're going to be hosting a bigger match, and the option exists to do that, I, I would highly recommend you pitch that to the to the shooters and s- provide some upfront cost of what it's going to cost them, and then uh, make sure that that cost is uh, is shared fairly among shooters, shall we say? So find some way of collecting money.
1: And quick hint: um, if you're going to have range helpers, and this is based on experience. Build cost them into the match fee. Um, don't rely on people's uh, because you you know, sort of goodwill and honesty, because you're going to get guys who um, are very, very careful to make sure that they, they pay. If you know, if it's the case of the match fee is X and we're going to ask you to contribute at least Y, you're going to get guys who are going to do an awesome job, and you're going to get guys who are going to happily leave not paying that money. Um, sorry, my cats, that kid my... Uh, so, if you're designing a match and you're going to have um, helpers uh, try and build that cost into the the match fee, it just causes less drama.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, also, if you're going to have range helpers, and again from experience, and they haven't worked matches before, it is critically important to brief them on what the sport is what the dangers are and when they can do things um accidentally patching a target slightly prematurely is inconvenient and like, i wouldn't like if that happened to me but having someone patch a target while i'm shooting at the target directly next to it is um, <laughs> is is less fun than it sounds shall we say so if you're going to have them and they haven't worked a match before well even if they have worked a match before but especially if they haven't be sure to brief them on the, on the safety concerns, uh, and when they can and can't do certain things, um, for everyone's safety and sanity.
2: So thanks. Thanks very much to everybody who's been supporting the drill of the month. And we hope that you guys look forward to, to this month's drill of the month, which I think we're talking about last month, but it's okay. (laughs) We hope that everyone participates the same and that everyone gets to enjoy the progression of the drills. And, um, what Terek's done with that and how that's going to apply and and hopefully make you think about your carry gun and your carry gear. And we're incredibly thankful and grateful for all of our listeners and supporters, everyone who's interacting with us. Um, we've Michelle. got quite a f- – well, we love you, Shaw. terek has got something fuck. else to say. But,
1: fuck you, Shaw.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he is part of the club, though, so he's a club member. Yeah, um, but still, so, fuck you, Shaw. Yeah, we've got a couple of club members, and if you'd like to join the club, please – Drop us a rating of at least five stars. That's your that's your club fee. Thanks, guys. And girls. Yeah. And a patch of this.